With Virgin Media, you can build up the entertainment and tear down the price. Switch to Virgin Media today and get super-fast broadband and TV for just €49 a month for an awesome 12 months. The sale that stacks up. Now on. See virginmedia.ie and check out how our mobile sales stacks up too. T's and C's apply. See virginmedia.ie. 12-month contract. Offer ends 27th of February 2019. Hi, guys. Well, from fall in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And in red pants, for those of you watching video, I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, uh, we have uh, we have a, a, a big discussion about the Book of Mormon, because the LDS Church just spent more money than anybody's ever spent on a manuscript, apparently, or something yeah. of that sort. Like yeah. Thirty-four million. Thirty-five. Thirty-five million dollars. Good lord for a manuscript. Uh, so there you go. And that's just money sitting around, folks. Oh, out that's, of downtown church. That's so. that, they pulled that out of the sofa cushions. <laughs> uh, just falling out of Tommy Monson's pocket. <laughs> he just walks around, and those big ears start losing cash. <laughs> yeah. Well. So yeah, that's that's a thing that's coming up on we'll the second. We'll be talking half. about all that. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, Dan, I'm going to stick with the Mormon stuff. Big update. This hit the world, uh, the news media world by storm this week. I saw it on BBC. Yeah. Caffeine. You guys are all going to know that this happened. Yeah. Caffeine is now being sold. Caffeinated beverages are being sold at Brigham Young University. The Mormon owned university yeah that always eschewed caffeine in any form the last holdout definitely they don't like the hot caffeine oh yeah you're not gonna find coffee or they, tea they didn't even allow the cold caffeine in and, you would go uh, there it's so ridiculous like there is no other place on earth where i have seen caffeine free coke caffeine free diet coke in a fountain in a fountain or even in a in a like you know, a uh, vending machine or whatever. I've or never a vending machine. Sure. I never right. have seen it there because the stuff exists, or at least I remember it existing in the supermarket, like when I, I was a kid. I feel like it's going to stop existing now. the The last institution that actually stocked the stuff is <laughs> is stocking the the real stuff now. And, and they BYU is like, no, no, no. The caffeine free will stay. Yeah, right. You know, but good luck. Like, I want to see nobody's what, going to buy it. I want to see what the sales look like because, frankly. College students are caffeinated. That's yeah. how that works. Right. Now, they have. They were very clear that they will not be allowing these uh, highly caffeinated energy drinks oh. to be sold on campus. Oh. This so- is strictly just a change with soda. Okay. Uh, why they care about the high energy drinks. I'll tell you why. Or high, highly caffeinated energy because drinks. Because they didn't want to put the... Three little uh, convenience stores near campus completely out of business because <laughs> their whole business was like funneling caffeine onto that campus sneakily. Yeah. And yep. now and now that's wrecked. Um, yeah. And if this if this uh, decision comes as a surprise to you because you were aware of the policy, um, this actually it's been about five years now since the LDS Church published on their website um a sort of clarification of the of the uh word of wisdom right which and is that's 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 the mormon's version of kosher laws <laughs> uh and the, the so they said on their website quote the church revelation spelling out health practices does not mention the use of caffeine so they said it clearly on the main website right and it took 5 years for BYU to come around uh, according to BYU's official spokesperson, um, there just wasn't demand mm. for for caffeinated beverages back in 2012. But something's happened. You know, we clearly have seen over the last several years more requests for caffeinated soft drinks. Huh? Uh, Carrie Jen- Jenkins said. Um, wow. This policy has been in place since the 1950s, uh, when the school's uh, dining services decided 
not to sell caffeinated beverages. So, I mean, it's been around for 67 years or so, 60-some-odd yeah. years. Very interesting. Like, this this shook the world <laughs> of Mormonism. <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel, I've, I feel like Mormons are slowly losing all of the things that make them weird. And that's what well, they connect to. That's all. That's all they care about. They they still don't drink the booze. Oh, that's true. And they don't drink coffee. And they don't. I drink mean, coffee at this point, and tea. this this that's... really begs the question about what is so bad about coffee and tea if it's right. not the caffeine? Right. Right. Well, I, you know, Joseph Smith just knew something. Well, I read a little bit about that <laughs> earlier today, and there were apparently some sort of, you know not very scientific medical, quote-unquote, medical practices back in the day that would have been common in his region. Um, there's a line in the Word of Wisdom that talks about how tobacco is not, not for the belly, mm. right? Well, there was a yeah, lot of... Yeah, because you don't eat it. Right, you don't eat it. Well, they were using, apparently, it sounds like they were using, like, tobacco leaves in order to brew, like, a, a tea. Oh, yeah, that sure. people were calling hot drink. Oh, that was the name of it? That's what people commonly <laughs> called it, right? That you needed to take hot drink. Well, the word of wisdom says that hot drinks, it, ta- it talks about hot drinks, oh. right? And tobacco are not for the belly. Here's the thing. Right? La- and ladies so- and gentlemen, you need to understand. <laughs> it says no hot drinks. That does not mean hot drinks either. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean like they've clarified that it's not about the caffeine. But guess what? It's not about the hot either right. or the drink part because right. they, these people consume gallons of hot chocolate a year. Yeah. Uh, each each Mormon oh, has Oh, Stephen's a, hot cocoa? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Just- That stuff is actually really good. Well, they better be good at it. It's all they got. <laughs> they better get it down. Or uh, post them. I suppose I could go with post them. Is Stephen's hot cocoa available elsewhere? I know it's a- it's made here. I don't know. Huh. I probably I, at least in Idaho. It's really amazing. Like that stuff, it doesn't clump at all like normal hot cocoa. It just like instantly dissolves and it's perfect. It's thick, it's rich. I'm not a big hot cocoa fan. I'm not either, but like the times that I've had that specific brand of hot cocoa. Yeah. Holy crap, it's good. Yeah. But anyway, I I I, I, I have get why the known... Mormons like it. Right? I yeah, I do too. I do too. It's oh. good. All right, moving along. Uh, I'm going to take us to Berkeley, California, where used to reside a uh, a Lutheran seminary. Used to? Uh, well, it's been purchased. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> the Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary on a lovely little 10-acre hilltop in Berkeley is now the proud home of Zaytuna College the nation's first accredited Muslim university. No. Yep. Okay. Zaytuna's been around for a little bit, but they just acquired this uh, these grounds uh-huh. and buildings. Okay. Uh, which I'm guessing the crosses will now be coming off of, one wow. would assume. Wow. Uh, in place of a crescent, I guess. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Zaytuna College, uh, which currently has 52 uh, un- undergraduates enrolled, uh, male and female. Wow. And it is, it, they're, they're looking to expand, I guess. Wow. And there they are. It, it's, uh, Pacific Lutheran actually has 49 students, but their, their enrollment has been down lately, and it, it looks huh. like the star of Zaytuna is rising. Zaytuna is apparently Arabic for olive tree. So that's a lovely thing, yeah. Beautiful uh, tuition. If if you guys are looking to go to Zaytuna, which you're not because you're listening to our show, uh, is nineteen thousand dollars a year uh, with an additional ten thousand for housing. Huh. Okay. Uh, it is a liberal arts college. Uh, they have sort of a uh, they they have obviously Islamic law curriculum. But they, but that's right alongside their philosophy and their other curricula. Interesting. Uh, men and women. Men and women. Crazy dress codes. Like for uh, the women? you know, I don't know about that. Huh. Um, they're seeking to partner with the Graduate Theological Union, which is a a a group of research centers and seminaries. In, Interesting. In Berkeley. Interesting. 
Apparently, Berkeley has like a shit ton of like religious learning institutions. I did yeah. not. I did not know that about Berkeley. That's fascinating. I knew about Cal. I'm. I'm curious um, because there were a couple generations of my dad's family that produced a lot of Lutheran ministers. Oh, I wonder if they went to this place. Maybe huh. could could well be. Have to well, check in with my now dad. that now, if you want to continue the tradition, you're going to have to become an imam. <laughs> I think I'll pass. Okay, fine. Well, all right. Um, well, hopefully. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 products of that school, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, come to better conclusions when issuing fatwas Uh-oh. than uh, the mufti <laughs> of the Houthi militia in Yemen, uh, who has declared the internet. You have a, a, a Houthi mufti, a Houthi mufti doing a fatwa who who did a fatwa to say the internet is haram. <laughs> The internet. Meaning yeah. bad. Not yeah. approved. Dirty? What is haram? Not approved for it, it, uh, Islamic yeah. consumption? Not not okay. It not is cool. forbidden. I think it means forbidden. Forbidden. Uh, so there has been a... Cra- <laughs> it's not funny. Um, there has been a prompting, or, or a crackdown, rather, on Wi-Fi routers oh. uh, throughout the uh, Houthi-controlled uh, uh, region of Yemen. Or maybe it's wow. all of Yemen. I I know Yemen's a mess right now. But yeah. I just, I can't chime Although, in as to like what exactly is going on. Now's the time to get into the Ethernet business in Yemen. Or yeah, the, yeah. The cable business. Well, now that everybody now now that they're cracking down on the Wi-Fi, you got to get cabled up. I do think it's interesting that they are just knocking down the Wi-Fi when you clearly have a connection. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So, just, I, shh, don't tell. I don't think I don't think the Muftis know about the. Yeah. The cable connections. Well, anyway, uh, armed Houthis uh, responded to the fatwa and have forcefully um, removed these Wi-Fi routers um, wow. throughout the Kabul village, which is located in Hamdan region or the Hamdan uh, district of the Sanaa governorate. <laughs> um at one point in this story, just so that you guys know, Frank stopped. She just started making up words. But, you, but it's up to you to figure out where. So that's a fun yeah, little trick. Yeah. Fun little game. Uh, according to villagers, um, they they said that the, the, the local Houthi supervisor uh, has been destroying the Wi-Fi uh, devices. Uh, and has it's led to forceful, like, violent shooting at houses, mm. shooting down routers. Mm. Um, they, uh, When one resident tried to explain that there were women and children inside, uh, the Houthis hit him with rifles, yeah. um, causing him to bleed. And I'm not sure of what other inter- injuries might have been caused, but they beat him up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going on in Yemen right now, folks. And yeah. that's just clearly only... <laughs> Scratching the surface of the horrors of living in some of these militia controlled I don't know. Errors. I mean, yeah, there, people are being beaten and, and hurt and whatever. But if I can't get my internet, that's worse. That's clearly worse. Well, you need your Netflix. I got, okay. I got to check my Facebook. <laughs> I got, I got, I, I mean, how do I know what's going on in the world? Right. I need, Andrea needs her Instagram. She might die. Right. She could die from that. I right. mean. You know, a head wound lasts for, you know, a few weeks. Yeah. A death lasts forever. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I mean, yeah, how do you order stuff on Amazon? Right? How do you That's even, me. How do you even my problem. get anything? Right. So. They're just not thinking. They're just not using their noodle. Well, I think he is thinking, actually, <laughs> because clearly um, he's, he's recognized that the internet brings in information from the outside. Right. And brings in uh different way exposure to the world usually makes people realize that if they're living in a shitty situation they realize just how shitty it really is yeah i think i i I think the kryptonite to most religion is out there on the internet somewhere yeah yeah. information hell our dumbasses are on the internet right the the people listening to this right now got it through the those interwebs and so unfortunately right now uh the good people of Kabul. In Hamdan and the Sanaa governorate, 
don't have access to our show. Oh my God, Dan, we do have a few listens from Yemen. We I actually do. do. That's which is so, scary to me. But yeah. you know, not not anymore. Apparently, <laughs> we've been we've been shut down by a mufti. We're not- I, I'm, I don't want to laugh about it because these are people who are living in a shitty situation. It would be terrible if and we like I said, this is just supposed to be lighthearted. I know, I know. But like I said before, this is just barely scratching the surface. Yeah, totally. Of, and it is kind of a comical, funny thing, right? But it's really not. Well, it's, it's actually really. This tragic. is this is serious and genuine oppression. This is Ooh. when this is when the rubber really meets the road on like dangerous oppression yeah so yeah look for that uh in the u.s in a year and a half we're once uh once (laughs) once someone takes away uh donald trump's twitter account look for him to just shut down all of the internet as 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 a repro as as a as a rebuke there you go um i'm gonna take us to uh the great white north eh up in canada where a Montreal judge has uh, ordered uh, that uh, a 14-year-old's life be saved against her will. Okay. Uh, we're talking about a J-Dub, a Jehovah's oh, no. Witness, who has oh, Hodgkin's boy. lymphoma. Okay. Now, her Hodgkin's lymphoma is, that's a bad, that's a cancer. That's, it's not a good thing to have. But with proper treatment, 98% chance of recovery. Okay. This girl should live. Right. But she was refusing blood transfusions. Right. And just so that you guys know, the uh the the the, the Jehovah's Witnesses refuse they don't refuse all uh medical intervention, but there's an obscure stupid little Bible verse that says something about not eating blood. Mm. And they consider a blood transfusion eating blood, I guess. They don't put it in your mouth. Right, exactly. Like, you're not eating it. Right. You're getting it pumped into you. Well, that's... Uh, but no, she uh, she herself was refusing. And uh, apparently, in Canada, like, a, a 14-year-old, there is some... Uh, the law in Montreal does sort of have room for 14-year-olds to refuse certain services. Oh, interesting. Um, which is weird to me because fourteen-year-olds are idiots. Uh, any of our fourteen-year-old listeners out there? I know that sounds harsh. Don't worry. Later, you'll look back and you'll know. But uh, <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. <laughs> They're able to refuse certain services. Like what? What are some transfusions included? Really? But this is this. Her life is at stake on this one, right? So a doctor. So the doctors went to a judge and said, "You need to intervene here." She's giving up her life at 14. Right. Uh, you know, when you're a, a, a grown adult, you have the right to give up your own damn life. But when you're a dumb little kid, you need to, uh, we need to step in as a society and say, mm, no, you, you can die in four years. And so the, that's what the judge said. That's what the judge said. The judge okay. uh, did decide in favor uh, of the required care. Uh, and yes, said, quote, the necessity of a blood transfusion must be considered to save the life of X or to avoid permanent damage to her physical integrity. That's her name? X is not her name. She is oh, her, like, her name is withheld uh because she is an, a minor. Yeah. So there you go. I thought her parents were creative. Well, that would be a cool name. Yeah. X. Call me X. Well I think you know that uh Jehovah's Witnesses have the best names. Do they? No. Just no, right. I don't think so. That's not a that's not a that's not thing. a thing. Mormons have some pretty wacky do names. <laughs> Mormons will will give you some crazy stuff. <laughs> okay, well, we don't need to go down that road. Indeed. All right, Dan. Yeah, you know about Jane Whaley. You've yeah. you've talked about her before on the show. Oh, oh, She's wait, wait, wait. Founder yes. of the Word of Faith Fellowship in North Carolina. The Word of We're going to enslave you and do terrible things to yeah. you. Fellowship. Yeah, they're they're currently under investigation for luring uh, foreign uh, believers. That's right. Into their fold, like come to the United States, and then they enslave them. Yeah, yeah. We we did a whole story about them, yeah. like bringing in all these Brazilians and like. Hey, come on. Now that you've converted, come on up to the U.S. And they're like, yay. And then it's like, we own your passport. You work for us now. Yeah. Yeah. You do whatever we say. 
Well, they are now facing allegations of unemployment fraud. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the leaders of the church encouraged um, their members when they were unable to really come through on their normal tithes yeah. to just sign up for unemployment. Wait, you can do that? Like, they had jobs, but they just, Well, like... one of them was an employer, right? And so he was a... He actually filed for unemployment insurance uh, payment for on behalf of uh, some employees, I guess. Oh, weird. And somehow was able to actually get the money. Huh. And after he was arrested, because they were like, this is... Because that's fraud. That's illegal. This is fraud. Uh, they... He he said, "Well, so and so at Word of Faith uh, told me to do it, right? Right." And then it comes out. There's all these other members who are like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 they told me to do that too." Holy shit! Okay, and so <laughs> these are what the fuck is wrong with these people? They are above the law, my friend. They are uh, that that place is nuts. Well. That place is You you look at her face. Yeah, and her hair. That looks evil. I'm pretty sure that if you threw her out of an airplane, she could glide down on that hair. Just squirrel her way down? Yeah, she's... (laughs) I think she can control it, too. She, like, raises one eyebrow and suddenly turns left. She shifts her aerodynamics around. Yeah, so I thought that was worth an update. Um, They're saying... That that uh, the government be basically the fact that the government is so willing to just part with money like this, uh, it's it's God's plan. No, it's God's plan. That's what they said in their defense. <laughs> it, well, God's a son of a bitch. <laughs> you never know. Sure, I no. think I think fraud, uh, you know, criminally defrauding the, the United States government or a state government. Um, yeah, that could be God. Well, I mean, this was always the FLDS approach as well. Oh, sure. Uh, bleed, bleed the great Satan, or what, what did they say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, so because they, you're defrauding the government, it's not really a sin. That's because right. Because you're starving the, the beast Satan. or something. Starving the beast. Sort of thing, yeah. And Because they would do, um, uh, what was it? They would file Food stamp fraud, right, basically. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. had all kinds of good schemes going. Yeah. They were really good at that. <laughs> Well, there you go. Starve the beast. Feed your wives. Is was that a theme? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna close out with some good news. Oh, really? Um, There's some of that in the world. Well, sort of. Yeah. I mean, so it starts with bad news. Uh, you may not be aware of this. There were some hurricanes of late that have done some oh. damage to the United States and uh, nearby islands. Sure. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure I, I really missed this story, but right. Sure, that's yeah. Fine. It didn't make the mainstream media very much, but, but it <laughs> did happen. Uh, well, you hear a lot about, you know, religious groups donating money and whatever, and there are many and they give a lot, but a lot of the time, like what they give is somehow tied down to, you know, here, here's some relief, and here's a Bible, and, you know, you're, right. let's pray together or whatever. Uh, which, you know, relief is relief, and at some point you just sort of, okay, fine. Thank right. you thank you for the relief. But also, you kind of wish that there was more uh, secular giving out there. Well, right. it certainly doesn't match the religious giving, in part because uh, religions have been set up for centuries to to be good at this and uh and also because there's way more religious people than there are secular people in the united states sure but i just wanted to bring the story of uh the fufurf the freedom from religion foundation who donated uh more than a hundred thousand dollars to hurricane relief fantastic they were able to raise uh that much money um which they dispersed to groups that they vetted which means that we know that they're not going to be you know, we're not lining the. They weren't lining the pockets of some rich, uh, you know, pastor or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, gave to a, a number of different uh, things, including a group called. Um, well, I mean, they do- donated to UNICEF, um, and a Puerto Rican secular charity called 
con p con pr metidos um lots of secular charities but i i mean also world food program usa uh a group called atheists fight hunger so like there there were some really good uh there was some good giving yeah on the part of of we the non jesus of the world <laughs> So, uh, and I encourage all of our listeners to also give. Oh, absolutely! Uh, to 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 the relief yeah. uh, efforts. Yeah. I know I have. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I just thought that was a, a lovely bit of uh, of of happiness hmm. uh, about our small little band of brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Good job, Fufurf. There you go. Hooray for that. Atheists doing good in the world. Indeed. Hey, if you want to help us out and or tell tell all your atheist friends and uh, how to do good in the world, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. That's right. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It's a closed group. But we'll let you in. Sure we will. Uh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of money sitting around, right? All that sweet, sweet podcasting <laughs> money that I get? Uh, no, I don't. But I'll tell you what, I'm a little hungry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where are you going to find some food, Dan? Well, I always turn to the Jim Baker. <laughs> Buckets of food. He's got the word Baker right in his name. The guy knows food. Absolutely. What are you going to do? Uh, so we're going to listen to Jimbo here uh, giving us the uh, the good news about, what well, like, there's a hurricane. You know, we were just talking about the hurricanes and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, he knows how to help. Oh, yeah. He knows yeah, how yeah. to make this work. We'll listen to him. I have been telling you in my studio, I mean, my seminars, that when you empty a bucket of food, trust God to refill it. Mm-hmm. Go and put it away and trust God. Feed the people that are hungry. Don't be concerned about running out of food, but do your part. If you have the means to buy a hundred buckets of food, then buy a hundred buckets of food. You can you can give food to churches that are unprepared. What are you going to do? Say to the people in the churches around you, say, I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. You guys can all starve to death. No, if you have the heart of Christ, you will even give the churches some of what you have purchased. That's right. And I'll tell you. John, I, if, they're, if they're millionaires. Yes, if they, you have means. They need to write a check for a... They can, Get it. We'll get it as cheap as you. Can, we can get it for your church. Do a million dollars worth of food. I'm serious. We've had churches call and order a million dollars, so we're not scared of that. But it, it's going to take a while to get that much food made up, if you can have hey, it. If but, you if you have the financial no, means. But if they're rich, listen, the money's going anyway, John. Exactly. It's there. It's not going to be worth anything. You know, the crash is the coming. The word. The word says. But why that, not sow it into the Lord and do it? You're not doing it for us. Do it for your church. The, the word says. And can that. you imagine a church yeah. having a million dollars worth of food? I, I'm I'm so serious. Well, you know, it's we're there. We're there for these times are coming. The Bible says that our our riches will be a witness against us. When the time comes that you've left money in the bank that could have been used to help people, to help feed people, and all you did is you just kept all your riches for yourself, it will be a witness against you. You will stand before God, and he will say, why didn't you do <laughs> wow. to help the needy? Wow. Give uh, to Jim Baker Here you go. for here, some schlop. Here's, here, here's the deal. Uh... A millionaire is now asking you to buy a million dollars worth of food because all of that money is going to look bad on your registry. Oh, yeah. When you uh, get in there, when you yeah. when, when 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 it comes time to, uh, yeah, to well, account for yourself. Be, you're going to be <laughs> being judged, you know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and uh, yeah, yes. you, you, you held on to too much money. Why didn't you give that money to Jim Baker? Bye. 
I every time they say the phrase buckets of food, I just you sound like idiots. Because in no part of the world is it good when food comes in a bucket. I don't know. There's never there's no moment in the universe when it's like, ooh, bucket food. I there, could go for a, I could go for a for a bucket Dan of food. There's a restaurant here in town that sells food by the bucket. Oh, that's true. I've been there. Yeah. It's not bad. Bucket of crawfish. <laughs> but even they know to dump it out. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> wow. Well, all right. Buckets of food. Buckets of food, Dan. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh we had some folks write into us and uh and, and call into us. Yeah. Um, I'll start with a, with, uh, an email. Hi, Frank and Dan, Dan and Frank. They used both, uh, just in case we wanted to switch it up a little bit. All right. I enjoyed your take on the Australian priest who refused to marry a couple because they had expressed support for gay marriage. I'd like to stick my head above the trench and support the priest's actions. He was perfectly correct in what he did. It's in the rule book. The, the couple chose to have their wedding recognized in a church, but that was their choice. They chose to enjoy their big day in the embrace of a homophobic organization, and then, surprise, surprise, that organization turned out to be homophobic. It, was, uh, it would only be a serious issue if civil marriage was not available to them. If, a reasonable people would, if reasonable people would simply reject these organizations for their big life events, these organizations would be exposed for what they are. That was from Brendan in Brussels. Well, fantastic. Brendan in Brussels, Belgium. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. B B B B B. So uh yeah, that's uh that's a decent point. It was absolutely uh probably what that priest should have done. Right. Because I mean because that's No, a, but yes. It's uh, no it's not what a person should do. Right. It's not what a human should do. You're just saying he was obligated. I'm just saying he was under sort of his rules. He was correctly serving his uh, horrible, horrible uh, organization. Sure. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, I've got a voicemail, Dan. Great. Do it. Uh, Natalie is calling in. Yeah. Uh, she's got she got a story of, uh, uh, it's like a miracle. Oh, good. A miracle in Florida. So Ooh. <laughs> let's take a listen. All of Florida is a miracle. Hi, Frank and Dan. This is Natalie. I'm calling from lovely Maryland. Um, I'm just calling to let you know that my uh, my parents actually live in the Florida Keys and are literally the only liberal left Catholics in their neighborhood. I know this because my mother is on the board of the condo association, and she's always angry at the racist Bible-thumping shit people say. Well, lo and behold, Irma barreled right through Isla Mirada and their house received not a scratch. Others weren't so lucky, thus leading me to believe that the omnipotent Skyman, in whom I do not believe, wants everyone else to just stop believing in him, too. Bye. <laughs> I think that's adorable. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to, you know, if we're going to be attributing these things to, uh, to God, it yeah. seems perfectly reasonable to say, you know, Look at the evidence, yeah, kids. Yeah, everybody else is wrecked. Right, we're doing just fine. <laughs> Take that! Oh my gosh, love it. Yeah, uh, Alex wrote into us. Hi, Frank and Dan. Uh, I was listening to your latest podcast and had an interesting thought about the right to refuse service based on religious belief. Uh, I think of a scenario where a white supremacist wants a birthday cake in the shape of a swastika, maybe a swastika cake. Uh, his, was that you? That was Alex's joke, not mine. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll can, forgive you, Alex. <laughs> Dan would not have been forgiven. No, I wouldn't have been <laughs> by you. Alex would have liked it, though. <laughs> can a baker refuse to make that cake based on uh, because Nazism is contrary to their religious belief? Obviously, Nazism and homosexuality are not morally equivalent, but can someone refru- refuse service in that circumstance? Uh, part of me thinks we shouldn't force anyone to make cakes, regardless of their reason to refuse service. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I get compulsory cake baking. Yes, yeah. I am all for it. <laughs> you must make cakes. But randomly. 
applied. Yeah. Just yeah. like, ding dong, hello, sir, we're from the government. You have to make a cake. <laughs> Here's think, the shape. Right, right. Uh, we, this, <laughs> you're doing a bunt. It's, we want poppy seed. It's going to be delicious. Why did you say that? I'm so hungry. <laughs> that sounds so good. Here's, okay, here's the thing, Alex. Here's how this works. It's not about the thing. It's about the person. Right. So any baker who doesn't already make swastika cakes, no, we, you can't force them to make a swastika cake. But if they do make swastika cakes and someone comes in and they're gay and they want a swastika cake, mm. you can't, he can't refuse the service because right. it's about who they're serving. It's right. about rejecting the people based on who they are rather than based on what you're making. Right. So, Such as, I mean. So people who make wedding cakes. Penis cakes. Right. Not every baker's going to make one for you. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's their call. That's totally fine. Yeah, okay. Some bakers do, some bakers don't. But, but it's, it's not, not because a, of who you are. Right, exactly. So, so uh, the, the idea is if you make wedding cakes and someone comes in and says, I want a wedding cake, and you say, and you reject them because they're gay, that's, you're, that's you rejecting your line. The, the thing that you do, you already do it. We already right. know you do it. Right. Uh, that's what you put out into the world. Right. Uh, you can't you, you you can't reject them just because of who they are. So I think that's the difference. Yeah. Would you agree I, with that's that? That's completely fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's move on. Cheryl wrote in to us as well. She's defending her beloved uh, southern state oh. of Georgia. You remember oh. we had a we had a caller a last, caller last, last week. week who was talking about Georgia public schools and 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 everything. She was yeah. from Cobb County. Uh, Cheryl says, hi, Cy, I am listening to episode 303. Cobb County is the most ridiculous backward county in the state of Georgia, and they have been for decades. <laughs> they put stickers on their public school science books to remind students that evolution was, quote, just a theory uh, until they were forced to stop. They tried to, make, they tried to make sure that everyone knew that they hate gay people. They did. They passed a resolution. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they are an embarrassment. I also went to school in public school in Georgia, but in Bibb County. My family is white, Christian, and was able to send me to private schools if they had wanted to. Uh, I absolutely learned evolution as science and civil war as a great deal more complex than states' rights, uh, than the states' rights narrative your caller was taught. Certainly no one in my school suggested that slavery was a good thing, which is not exactly what the issue is. I don't think anybody claims that slavery was a good thing. They just still hate black folks. <laughs> well, uh, she she goes on to delineate a whole bunch of things about how uh, Georgia is more racially diverse than Utah is. So maybe we just don't see as much uh, racism here because there aren't as many uh, people here that targets could be, of racism that could be the victim of it. Right. Okay. Um, I'm skipping uh, a bunch because she she was generous in in what she wrote. Um, she, uh, she says, the ugly home-taught racism absolutely exists here, but don't kid yourselves, it doesn't just exist here. For instance, uh, because of institutional racism nationwide, African-American women are far more likely to die of breast cancer than white women. This is true in spite of the fact that black women are statistically less likely to get breast cancer in the first place. And sadly, that is just one example. Please remember, it isn't just racist Southerners that need to stop it. All racist people everywhere need to stop it. Uh, absolutely, it is. I don't think you and I would ever claim that Utah is devoid of racism. No, it's no. actually a wildly racist place, right? Uh, in a lot of in in a lot of ways, it's just the racism plays out differently. It, yeah, very very different kind right. of racism. Right. Still, the s- systemic issues. A oh, lot absolutely. of the systemic issues yes. are still very present here. Yeah, um, but the racist people don't feel quite as emboldened as they do in the south as it you know that's but, that's pr- that might be true that might, that's probably true yeah yeah you don't they're not as open and and forthright about it well i think you hit the nail on the head it's it's the systemic stuff that we still have problems with right and i think that the large part is i mean racism is based in ignorance no matter where you find it indeed but the kind of ignorance that we have in utah about race uh tends to be because of a lack of exposure 
Yeah. And right. That, yeah. So and our so, lack of exposure doesn't shield us from racism. It right. actually makes racism worse here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's far be it from us to ever say we, there is no claim on t- thank God I'm atheist that there is, that racism is confined to the South. <laughs> that is, that was never our claim. But uh, thanks for clarifying that, yes, Cheryl. Of course. Um, yeah. Do we have any? Thank- we have people to thank. Thanks to bestow. We have person to thank. Oh no! Just Singular. One? Oh yes. Dear. Well, that, I mean, it's I mean, wonderful, but well, just one. You, but how Cosmos? Yeah. His name yeah. stands out. Cosmos, thank you. Oh, that's the name. That's his name. Oh. Cosmos, we thank you. It's cosmic love that we're getting now. (laughs) Uh, Cosmos is our uh, new faithful listener this week. Okay. So thank you so much, Cosmos. Uh, And of course, our top donor. We have to thank our top donor. Our our Lord and Savior. And continues. The top donor continues to be Angela. Angela. Lord Lord and Savior of all of us. I hope you know that if you're listening to this, you have to worship her now. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> the uh, Archangela. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but if you don't want to ha- worship her, you can contribute your, as well. Uh, by Is that go- how you get out of it? That's how you get out of worshiping Angela. <laughs> you, have to wor- you either have to worship Angela <clears throat> as your Lord and Savior, <laughs> or you can go to thankgodimatheist.com and, sl- and click on the Patreon button, and that will take you to our Patreon thing. Uh-huh. And then you donate however much you want per episode. Right. Uh, and then you can worship whoever the fuck you want to worship. Yourself, uh-huh. you know, me, anybody. Don't worship me. Please, God. I, mean, I can't take the pressure. That's terrible. Yeah. Horrible suggestion there. Yeah. So. So do that. That would yeah. be lovely. And in the name of Angela. Oh, yes. That's right. In the na- We bless you all in the name of our Lord and Savior. Angela. Amen. Amen. Dan. Yes, sir. It's time for us to have a talk. Money has changed hands. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like it's ridiculous. Here's what's so, okay. We have talked about, including fairly recently about all of the different, uh, sects that sprung up from little Joe Smith's, uh, goofy book. Right, uh, and all of the things that that uh, all of the different um, uh, offshoots and whatnot. offshoots and stuff um, often known, often called the LDS movement, the Mormon movement, the yeah, Mormon sure. movement, right? Uh, which w- which hilariously members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which is the the Brighamites, the one that are the, the 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 big one. They won they won the lottery. They won the the, the big prize, right? Uh, they don't even know of these other ones. They don't even realize that they a exist. lot of they might know about the community of Christ. They but might, they know might, about them. but most of them don't. I know. And when they hear about them, they're like, "Why? What are they all? What? Yeah. What? They're completely There's baffled." Other Mormons, but they're not our kind of Mormon. Yeah, it's very strange. Well, they know about the FLDS. The, oh, they're yes. familiar with that, the polygamous they, groups. They do know the that. offshoots that happened after Utah, right? Or at least the the major offshoots right. that happened. In after part Utah. because they those guys keep like making the news by being arrested and being right. blah 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 or whatever, and and, child and rapists, and because Mormons are horribly embarrassed by them. Yeah, Mormons hate them because they feel like ah people still think we're polygamist because of these people and they right. just ah that drives them crazy right well the community of christ formerly known as the reorganized lds church right uh was sort of the major branch offshoot that happened uh when after joseph smith died and they became they thought that the line of succession from after joseph smith was to his son, Joseph Which Smith the third is what Joseph Smith said. He when did he say was that alive. He did say that at some so, point. So it seemed uh, like pretty legit claim. Pretty pretty legit claim. 
Hard hard to deny yeah. that. Yeah. The legitness of that claim. But Brigham Young did. Uh, but yes, and then Brigham Young uh, took a bunch of folks here to Utah, and yeah. then they stayed in Missouri. Um, the Community of Christ did. And the Community of Christ had uh, kept some of the relics of this thing because they had Joseph Smith's first wife yeah. on their side. Right. One of the relics of, 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 of early Mormonism that they had was what's known as the printer's manuscript of the Book of Mormon. Oh. Um, this was the handwritten pages that the printer who printed the first printing of the Book of Mormon uh, used to make his uh, to so, to print it. So who whose handwriting is this? Is this actually like because Joseph Smith had a couple different scribes that he worked with? That's right. So uh, is this Oliver Cowdery's handwriting, or is this the printer's handwriting? Like did the printer. Sort of go through no, and rework is, it. This is Oliver Cowdery. Oh, okay. Uh, his handwriting. This is Interesting. A, a guy who... Uh, so you guys have to understand that, like, the way this worked was... There was the whole thing... If you've seen the South Park episode, you know some of this story, which it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> they uh, Joseph Smith theoretically found golden plates that had oh, yeah. scribbles on them. Oh, yeah. Reformed Egyptian. In the mountains... Uh, Right next to his house, in his backyard, essentially. Luckily enough. Yeah, fortunately. Well, I mean, maybe he was just chosen because of ge- geography. <laughs> Whoever had been there at the moment. It would explain a little bit more as to why God chose such an inept uh, uh, lying... I mean, he's a charismatic uh, bumbler, uh, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Anyway, um, charismatic bumbler Joe Smith, uh, yeah, he, he was uh, led to these plates by an angel, and then he went and translated, quote-unquote translated, using magic rocks and a hat and all kinds of fun stuff. Right. He, uh, he was able to translate these plates. He translated a hundred and some odd pages. Sixteen. Of the thing. Um, and then those were mysteriously lost his yeah. friend martin harris was the one that was uh taking down the dictation uh martin harris took the pages home his wife being of scientific mind uh-huh hid them uh-huh. or threw them away or did something to them right and then said well if he's actually translating like a thing he can just recreate it and then we can compare the two right and you know with the uh, with the you know, with the, the the difference of a couple words, it'll be the same. It'll line up. Right. Um, that did not please the Lord. <laughs> Apparently. Don't, don't worry about uh, Joe Smith himself, but the Lord was mad. Yeah. So uh, the Lord <laughs> took away those parts of the Book of Mormon. Never. Because, like, <laughs> the, the, the Lord doesn't like tests like that. Or no. the Lord doesn't like things that prove anything right 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 because he's just clearly total dick yeah the lord's a cock yeah. who'd like you have to believe in me okay cool show me why no absolutely no, no. evidence no you have no reason you have to just believe in me well can you what What do i what can you show me nothing i'll make your i'm burning in your bosom <laughs> so wait heartburn heartburn's how you tell me mm-hmm damn you anyway well, I, I must uh Lord's touching me a lot lately. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, a little Rolades will get rid of that Lord for you. <laughs> how, do, how, how do I spell relief from Jesus? Tums. <laughs> what do I, well, anyway. Um, uh, so, so anyway, then uh, a couple years later, Joseph began uh, translating again, this time with his scribe being Oliver Cowdery, mostly. Um, a, a school teacher from Vermont who... Uh, happened to be lodging at joe smith's parents house anyway blah 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 uh a book gets writ yes uh and then gets printed and of Uh course the printer uh and cowdery did not punctuate this at all so this print this poor printer had to like go through and like choose punctuation and right figure out how this was and he was not the most uh he was. This was not 
a Mormon who was who was printing this. No. This was not someone who bought into this at all. No. He was just doing a job. But he just faithfully recreated what was written down as best he could and printed it. <laughs> and that so so the Ooh. handwritten thing before that is what the Mormon church just bought for thirty five million dollars. Unbelievable. Which I mean, if I'm the uh community of Christ, I get like you want to hang on to that. That's one of your. That's one of. That's one of the good ones. Right. That is. That is precious commodity right there. Right. But you know, I'm, I figure they made some photocopies, so <laughs> I'm sure they're doing fine. They they've still got uh, the images of it, and right. they needed that thirty five million dollars a lot. Oh, they are not. Good. They are not doing quite as well. They can put that to good use, I'm sure. As the Brighamites, uh, and you know, like. They probably, I mean, like, as you say, I mean, whatever information they need, they already have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they got it. They got it. It was just, so really I mean, it was a relic. At it was just point. vanity to to own it. Yeah. So, uh, so they I sold mean, it I, off. The, the LDS church had access to it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They've like got, they, they had copies of these. Well, and, they, and they've got copies of the, of the 1830 print. Right. Which is just a print of that manuscript. Right. So. So this this is really just a jewel to put in their crown. Indeed it is, and what a jewel it is. <laughs> um the it is interesting to note, uh, you and I wanted to talk a little bit about this fact, the fact that uh there are some changes between that 1830s book and the book that they put forth today. Some rather disturbing changes. I mean there's a lot of like Alarming. Punctua- punctuation changes and a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe... Move a comma. A grammatical thing here Make and there. Make a paragraph. Sure. Whatever. Uh, you know, changing... Also changing things that are not substantial to the text. Like, er, now they have chapter headings right. uh, in front of every chapter. And they and they not change a, those not around. a big deal. It's understood that that's sort of them adding their own... You know, explanations for things, right? That's fine. But then there are some, like, (laughs) holy shit changes uh, to the thing. We'll start uh, just just for fun. I thought we'd start with one. Because one of the things that sets Mormonism apart from many other Christian sects, from many other sects that believe in Jesus Christ and and his papa, uh, (laughs) are that the Mormons believe in... Very distinct differences between there is there is one person who is God, right? That's that guy. There's another person who is completely distinct, who is Jesus, right? And then there's another person who is a ghost, whose name is Casper. They, well, they don't believe in the Trinity. There's no Trinity uh, right. belief at all. Right. There's just it is three distinct people, personages. Damn. However. If you look at the original 1830s book, there are a few points in which that might be a little hazy. <laughs> uh, like maybe the people who wrote the book believed in the Trinity, so how it was being read. <laughs> right. Like maybe or, Joe Smith came up with this non-Trinitarian view of the Godhead later. Uh, so uh, the first version says, uh, this is... Uh, uh, yeah, it says that uh, the last records shall make known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that the Lamb of God is the Eternal Father and the Savior. Right. That's First Nephi chapter 13, verse 40, which now reads, or at least in the 1964 edition, which isn't the most recent edition, but is close enough. Right. Now reads... I doubt they've changed this back. No, they haven't changed this at all. Right. Uh, it now reads, the la- these last records shall make known to all kin- kindred tongues and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior. Ooh. Wait, that that's different. That is a substantive difference <laughs> for those who like to parse out such things. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The difference between being the Eternal Father and being the Son of the Eternal Father, that's... That's not just fluff. No, there's meaning there. That, that's and this was not the, that's that was deeply not, theologic. That's 
this is the essence, the nature of God. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's who not is the, this being that you worship? And that's not the only place where this happens. Uh, oh the God. Son of God thing happens also uh, in another part. First uh, uh, Nephi eleven eighteen, 18. Uh, it says, Behold, the virgin which thou seest is the mother of God after the manner of the flesh. Uh, which is another interesting thing. After the manner of the flesh, meaning the Mormons believe that uh, God done fucked mary right and like it was a physical fucking it was a it was a it was not, full copulation it was, right full-on like oh yeah i'm gonna come down here because i'm god and i'm gonna flesh fuck you that's right <laughs> oh, so uh so yeah then then that so, but that had that line uh the mother of god calling mary the mother of god then is changed to behold the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the son of God. Wow! So, hoop de doo. It's uh, those are those are not little change. Like to me, as you change like a fictional book, right? Eh, those changes don't mean that much to me, right? You know, you you it's it feels like Tolkien sort of tooling his his universe you know what i mean right oh shoot i called him a dwarf in the last thing and now i'm calling him an elf okay we got to fix that right or whatever but to someone who believes this nonsense who doggy that's some scary <laughs> stuff <laughs> well and the, one of the changes that really stood out to me when i was kind of reading through some of these uh is isn't even technically part of the text of the book of mormon not the part that was translated supposedly by by Joseph Smith, but rather a statement that 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 uh, at the beginning of the book. Oh yeah, right, from right. the eight witnesses. Right, these are people who uh, claim to have seen the golden plates. Isn't that no. the deal? Well, that's well, what we were taught. Right. That's what they kind of claimed, but then it turns out that all of their stories are like, well, we we were it was revealed to us. Right. We saw them in a vision. Sure. None okay. of them saw them in person. Okay. Well, nonetheless, yeah. they signed a document that said that they had seen them. Indeed. They, right. they, 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 signed, they signed a document witnessing that they had witnessed. Right. And so part of that statement says, uh, quote, that Joseph Smith Jr., the author and proprietor of this work, has shown unto us the plates. Oh. Okay. Uh, in the 1964 edition of the Book of Mormon, that's been changed. It says that Joseph Smith Jr., the translator of this work, has shown unto us. Well, that's the naughty. Place. They, uh, you can't just once something a, signs a, something. There's there's a big ethical question about that is changing the words of the the document that yeah. you're claiming they signed. That is shitty. That's nonsense. That is. That is I mean, that right there, to me, is the most unconscionable part of the entire thing. Yeah. Go around and change a stupid book, right? But the statement that was signed by the people, and I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be like, well, then they still, the point of this is that they saw it. Right. Right? And it, and, but what blows my mind is that why not just keep it as written and put one of your dumb explanations in there? Yeah. You know, and, and rationalize it away. In 1830? Uh, author meant translator. Shut up. <laughs> in 1830, proprietor meant something totally different, and you don't know, and you shut up, just shut up. Right. And so, I feel like they should use the words shut up a lot in their little chapter headings or whatever. Shut this up. It could totally happen. Shut up. <laughs> you can cut off everybody's arm. Shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the, the total number of changes... And this includes all of the little commas and whatever. All of them. Every single one of them. But the total number of changes is somewhere in the almost 4,000 range. It's 3,900 and some odd changes that have been made since 1830 to this book. Right. Um, one might almost be led to conclude that uh, they didn't know what they were doing when they first wrote it. <laughs> well, the whole story hadn't been completed. I mean, I'm sure Joseph Smith spent some time. I and mean, what's funny is when you actually look at the chronology of how everything went down, right? Mm. He got the plates in the fall, right? But didn't start translating until the spring. Right. And then the whole thing goes down with Martin Harris. 
and the Lord's pissed off at him for a couple of years. Right. Like, he had time to be working on this Enough time story. to come up with a bunch of stories and, like, yeah. really sort them out so that when it comes time to actually, like, recite them right. from a hat to your friend, right. you can just figure it out. Right. But you're going to flub up. You're going to mix up some names. Yeah. A lot of the corrections are actually, he was saying the wrong person's name right, at yeah. a certain point. He says King Benjamin instead of King... Or he says so, Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, something like that. So, Instead of, But no matter, like, he's, like, according to the chronology of the story in the Book of Mormon, he's talking about somebody's uh, father while he really means their son. Right. And it's just bum, 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 bum. So there's a lot of these kind of mistakes and errors in it as well. Hey, you know, and, I'm, I'm personally really impressed that the guy got anything that was remotely coherent. It's not. From, it's not readable. It's terrible. It's the most boring book you'll ever read. And it came to pass. Uh, yeah, verily, and, oh, verily, I say unto you. And it's got, like, every chapter in the book has 1,500 extra words that don't need to be there. <laughs> I literally, I took a, did I tell you this? I took a chapter of that book once, just on a lark. Right. And just edited it down, just from a writer's perspective. Okay. Just, I want to keep everything substantive. In this chapter, I don't want to change the meaning of anything, right. but I got rid of all the it came to passes and all of the and verily I say and all of the things and just told the story. Right. And I shaved like literally like thousands of words out of this one chapter of this stupid fucking book. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Ugh. Anyway. I, Horrifying, Dan. I do love, I do love that we mentioned that Benjamin Mosiah mix up. Right. Uh, which... Which was funny because, you know, he said Benjamin, but Benjamin had been dead for several years in that story. Right. In that part of the story. Right. Um, and so we found this thing where a guy from Brigham Young University was uh, was talking about that particular mistake and was uh -huh. like, now it could be that Joseph got it wrong. It could be. <laughs> Actually, I don't think he mentions Joseph getting it wrong. He mentions the scribe misascribing it. Right. And then he says, or very possible that whoever wrote it in the ancient Mesoamerican times. In, well, he in, says that when Mormon compiles the Book of Mormon. Right. Oh, right, right. right. When, yes, exactly. This is, a this is a character in the Book of Mormon who is the guy that compiled the whole thing together, right. in theory, in ancient times here on these, in these uh, Americas. Right. In upstate New York. Some, right. Somewhere. Uh, he was the one that, that fucked it up and wrote Benjamin and right. Joe Smith was just like saying the words and he just said Benjamin and oh, Mormon, will you get it right, please? Joseph needs to, needs to get this book to the people. But this was <laughs> supposedly the most accurate book ever written. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's accurater every day. <laughs> they accurate it up as much as possible. Uh, without trying, without try the whole while trying never to let anyone know that that, that they're doing it right. Uh, for a long time, they denied that they had ever changed the book. But, oh God, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you happen to have a uh, a manuscript of the Book of Mormon handwritten Ooh, somewhere yeah. lying around your house, could be worth something. <laughs> please contact the uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. They'll pay. <laughs> Apparently. Um, but if you want to write into us instead, you can do that podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yes, indeed. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It's a great group. Uh, it protects your privacy. Yeah, people, other people don't see that you're uh, that you're an that atheist. You're, uh, a member. If that's none, an none of, if that's an important thing to you, none so. of your business. What happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. Absolutely, or whatever the thing is. By the way, if you want to see my red pants, uh, don't forget that we're on the YouTubes at youtube.com/tgiatheist. Did also. you think about that when you put your red pants on? I did. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm dressing for you people now. So uh, just and know <laughs> there may be some fun clothing choices that are being made. Oh yeah, here on the videos. Who knows? TGIA. And feel free to also go to our website, thankgodimatheus.com, and click on the support tab. Become a yeah. supporter of the show. It really helps out a lot. If you so. want to see these red pants more, uh, you got to pay. <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the Facebook page and to Sarah, Danny, and Amy for all of their amazing work as uh, as, uh, as moderators. moderators in the Members Only Lounge. Also, congratulations on the birth of your baby, Sarah. Oh, congratulations. And thanks go out to the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. Oh, uh, to anyone who's still listening, uh, there's still... T- some tickets available for the uh, go- the live recording here in Salt Lake City on this Sunday, o- October the first, for the uh, God Awful Movies podcast. Mark and I will be co- will be on stage with them, uh, making fun of a Mormon film. It's a lot of fun, so uh, so don't so get out there if you can. Awesome. Uh, and thanks to you guys, all of you listening, watching at home, uh, for tuning in. Thanks. Bye-bye.